0: Everybody, this is Eric Krasno, and you are listening to the Plus One Podcast. I want to thank everyone for tuning in, everyone that's been spreading the word about the show. We've been having a blast. It's been great to connect with all the amazing musicians and people that have been on the show. I want to give a shout-out to Osiris Media, who helped me put the show together. They have a lot of other great content, so go over there and check out all their stuff at osirispod.com. I know that this past week, O'Teal's podcast Comes a Time featured my bandmates, Neil and Alan Evans. I look forward to hearing that episode, and they've got a lot of other great shows, so go check it out. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and all of theirs at Apple Podcasts, or you can follow us on Spotify. I want to remind everybody that we have playlists for every single episode. If you go to the details portion, under the episode in Spotify, you can see the playlists that are put together by myself and the guests on the show. So check that out when you can. There's just so many great tracks in there that have inspired the artists on the show, that have inspired me, or that we mentioned in the podcast. So it's been fun uh, listening to those and putting those together. On today's show, I have a very special guest. He is a true musical genius. Uh, I discovered him... On YouTube, actually, and had never seen anyone play the organ the way that he did and uh, soon after that I got to play with him and we've become good friends and have worked in the studio on a few different projects. And I've watched him grow into an incredible artist. He's put out a few projects in the last couple of years, all of which I love. His most recent album, Something to Say, is probably my favorite record of his. Great songwriting, great production, incredible keyboard playing, and the grooves are just really infectious. He also came out with an album just a few days ago that's called Christmas With You, which is his take on some Christmas classics. So I'm excited to get into this interview and kind of get into the mind of Corey Henry and what inspired him as a musician coming up. But first, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. All right, so he was a child prodigy organ player, now one of the great keyboardists of our generation, also a great singer, songwriter, and a friend of mine. I'd like to welcome today's plus one, Mr. Corey Henry. Well, man, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to come on the show. I've been having a lot of fun doing this. It's definitely been like a side project that kind of became more than I expected as COVID hit because now everyone is home and everybody's like available and, and has time to to talk music and talk creative process and all that and uh, I know you just put a record out on the 30th and I've been listening to it the last few days. I'm a huge fan of the album and, and uh, it's been really great because I've known you a little while now and I've kind of watched in my eyes what's been a progression from like this amazing, masterful player to like, and watch your, you evolve as an artist and as a songwriter and as a singer. Uh, So uh, I've always been a fan, but now I'm like even more of a fan and it's been um, cool to be on the sidelines during that progression and, and watch that a little bit. And I was curious as far as this album, what your creative process was, as far as putting the songs together, Writing the songs, producing the record.
1: Thank you for that. First off, um, I really appreciate it. You know, I was really just thinking. Okay, so people didn't know I could sing, and right? Right. I, I've been really trying to hammer on the idea that I'm a singer. You know, I've been yeah. singing since I was a kid, and uh, I just didn't sing. You know, when I first came out because I was judging myself against some of my favorite singers who was amazing at doing it in the space of singing on records, you know? Right, right, of course. I, I thought my voice was too wide and churchy, right? I just, and that's not a bad thing because yeah. I sing like that all the time. But it was just at the time, it was just weird to me, right? Um And then on top of that, I didn't have songs to sing. Like I didn't have like my own songs that I felt comfortable about singing. Um So when it got to the point where I figured out what I wanted to say, and uh, then I started my band The Funk Apostles It became clear as day It was like, oh, I want to sing You know, I, I, got, I have a band that's You know, backing me and playing with me And helping me get this out And the confidence that I get from that And just remembering how it felt To do this as a kid You know, I felt like I was living a life's dream You know, as I started to sing on tours And, you know, get used to singing Some of my favorite songs And when I released The Art of Love um my first vocal project it was um easy to just um talk about love songs because i felt like everybody loves love songs right, you know right. and i've experienced love those things with this record i was like oh man i'm not trying to just you know i don't i'm not just trying to overdo love you know right. um uh, this record has some love songs cuz i love love songs yeah. um but it also has uh, songs that i feel that are like that speaks to the things that I've lived through or see on TV or experience some way, somehow. And I wanted to, as a vocalist, um, give people a, a bit of that, uh, perspective of me, you know, as a lyricist, as a vocalist, you know, to let people know I have different thoughts and, um, uh, <laughs> I have my own story and, um, um, and I have something to say, you know, like, uh, you know, I was trying to make a, uh, a statement record that meant something to me as an artist and, um, hopefully, you know, people feel that.
0: Yeah. Well, also the title being something to say obviously is fitting and, uh, it's been an interesting time obviously in the last year or nine months, really, uh, not only the COVID situation, but this like pivotal election and so many cries for social justice. And, uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. been it's been interesting talking to, to different musicians about h- how they are approaching um, expressing themselves during this time. Uh, like mm-hmm. I spoke with Ziggy Marley about it when he was on the show, and he was like, "You know, mm-hmm. I've spoken so much on social justice in my career that I felt like right now I just need to make music that makes you feel good." And then other people, you know, I've I've gotten hate on my like Instagram and stuff for speaking my mind. Saying, you know, musicians just need to stick to music, um, Mm -hmm. which, uh, you know, people have the right to say what they're going to say. But, you know, my favorite artists are the ones that speak up in these times. You know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. artists do have a platform to say something. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that impacted me listening to your album, because you, you really take on these really hard topics you know what i mean and and i think that that is not only um inspiring but like song like rise is one of those songs that just like gets you amped regardless and it's just got it's musically this like amazing groove but it's also kind of inspiring so is that like because you started writing this record i'm assuming i don't know maybe it was during these times but uh um, did the did the current times like influence it even more and kind of inspire you um to take on some of these like racial and 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 social discourse situations that have been going on
1: man it's so crazy man it's like i wrote for instance rise yeah. i wrote that last year let's say june or so yeah I wrote it for the Funk Apostles primarily. We was getting ready to go on a tour starting late September, October, and um, I wanted to. You know how it goes. You write something and you want to you want to play it on the road and see how it goes. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, like just you know. And we I don't know if we had recorded it just yet, but we might have just recorded it. You know, like right right around the time we was going on tour. The reason I wrote it, I was uh, listening to Sly Stone mm-hmm. and and Larry Graham yep. at the time, yep. um, and 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 just coming from like you know, a big fan of the seventies, Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder, Curtis Mayfield, yada, yada, the list goes on and on. People so much talk about it in their songs, talk about these things. And I watched all these videos, like I'd be in the studio sometimes watching videos of 1963 or, yeah. you know, James Brown quiet in the crowd. And uh it was that Boston, something like that, you know, yeah. like, it's just like all these crazy things that be happening. And I said to myself like, Oh, I wish I was there. Right. Like, I wish I had the chance to be inspired to make some music like some of my favorite people because they was living these times. Damn. And then lo and behold, like before pandemic, at least, you know, there was still like crazy things happening. But it wasn't like as crazy as it been, I guess, technically in the last few months yeah. or just to say since pandemic has really hit. Yeah. Um, 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 but w- with that song and a few other songs that I started writing around that time, I was just like, I want to give like my own perspective to like what I see. Like, this is crazy. And especially with Rise, I knew I was getting somewhere because I started with like the second verse after I had the chorus. Rise people. Um, the second the second a verse rather, I say something like, um, uh, feels like somehow I lived this life before. Check the books and my ancestors went through way more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We might have to fight technology or we will end up back in slavery. And, o- and only use I use the last two lines because I was looking on Twitter, right? And there was these uh, machines throwing footballs and basketballs and delivering mail and all this <laughs> other crazy. That was like, Scary, I was man. like, yo, it was like, I was like, I was like, what happened if the machines just be like, yo, humans, like, yeah. Y'all done around here. Yeah. Like I was thinking about something crazy like that. But when I said it, I was like, Oh, wait a minute. Like, you know, like I thought I was saying something. So I wanted to, you know, just really keep with the momentum of just being like, Oh, you know, use your voice, you know, use your words, figure it out through your music. And hopefully it can like bring the change and help people want to change. And also we used a uh, rise for the first, it's one of my first songs I used in which, uh, we donated to uh, a charity, you know, partially. Yeah. And, uh, um, and you know, and just things like that. It's like I want, to, I want, I want to be able to, to have. The, I want the music to have, you know, um, um, legs—not just legs, but just like I want it to feel like, you know, what I am living through. You know, right, I just right. like want to live it. You know, absolutely. So,
0: and I thought yeah. the—I mean, a lot of the songs, "No Guns" and, and "Black Man" was very poignant in saying, like, "Don't be scared," um, and and I think that those words affect people. You know what I mean? And I think right now the division has gotten somehow worse than ever. It's crazy because we go back to the seventies and people were addressing all of these issues that we thought we'd been progressing on since then, but, you know, Mm -hmm. which in some cases we did, I I believe.
1: some cases. But,
0: you know, having... Trump in office and not just him, but I think all of a sudden people feeling empowered to show their true colors, you know what I mean? Um, Really divided the country, but also there's been a lot of, um, you know, what I see in social media and uh, I've been like obsessed with this movie called The Social Dilemma. I don't know if you've seen that, but it basically, it it, it kind of, um, people that have certain views, a lot of times, social media will feed you these other articles that will kind of deepen your belief um, in something, and it will portray um, black people in a light, in a certain light that you know obviously isn't real, or or is is um, expounded upon in like all these crazy ways, and it twists the truth in all these ways, and it feeds you things because there's no um, there's no one regulating. Like truth, so people can yeah. get online and say whatever they want. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. um, I think in the '70s, you had these like amazing, iconic musicians that you could that that wanted to that you could listen to. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. and actually influenced uh, the country. And I think slowly but surely, since then, radio has homogenized music. But then mm. people come along. Um, like yourself and and various mm. other artists, I think right now artists are going to be empowered by this time, just like oh, they yeah. were then. But anyway, that particular song hit me um, mm. because it's so true. People are scared, you know, yeah. and, and there's like yeah, this yeah, yeah. fear that um, mm. has been has been. Uh, Portrayed, you know, in the media mm-hmm. in all these different ways. But uh, I appreciate that you're speaking your truth in your music and not afraid to do that. You know? Yeah,
1: I mean, I just I think that's that's what I want to leave, you know, in this earth, the truth, right? You know, as much as I can, especially through my music. Um, Black man was a song that was written probably. During the pandemic, I think right. that was inspired. And, you know, specifically, I was looking. I was just like, "This is crazy." And I, I and I'm normally not one. I'm be honest, like with all of the socially songs. Not, I mean, a few of them that's on this record, or whatever. However you look at it, um, it wasn't like I was trying. You know, like like I was trying to to conjure up a feeling. Yeah. It just actually just came out. It was just like drinking waters. Like you know, it was just like easy. Yeah. Like. I just said it, you know. what I'm saying I got with you know a few of my friends and, and they helped me put this thing together. And it's like you come up, you come out of it. and It's like wow. I was I I, I showed it to my grandmother. And she was like, <laughs> she said, "You said all that."
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: you know, she's shocked. You know, it was like like people know you don't really know me as you know you know to be talking, but I do want people to at least feel where I'm coming from. You know, I want to start the conversation in my own way. You know, yeah. involving my music and um you know and i'm um, i'm glad that this record is doing that um uh you mentioned the other one too we said black man and uh, no guns yeah. i I heard, I heard that song um uh for the first mark Bassey um played that i said man i need to get my hands on that thing yeah yeah <laughs> and, I, and it, just, it just it just it just spoke to uh so much um uh, how i felt about life and general you know just like you know, like I don't, I don't feel connected technically, technically to most things anymore. You know, I'm free from, you know, old thoughts and patterns, Yeah. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, I got, you know, it's, all, it's a lot of traditionalist ideas just... You know, I don't mess with, you know, you talked about political stuff. It's just like when people talk about the lesser two evils and I'm just like, I I don't want to choose any of that. I don't like any evils. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I just like, (laughs) like, I'm like, you know, I mean, I just, you know, and the song like No Guns is just, you know, it's it's just my way of saying that. Right, right.
0: I know you worked with uh, Van Hunt a little bit on the record, who's a friend of mine and also uh, I'm a big fan of his music too. Uh, yeah. tell me about how y'all linked up
1: <laughs> he is the man yeah. uh I think I met him at a jam card event if I'm not mistaken right right um I was introduced to him by my boy Nick you know Nick simrad okay uh he played me one of his records back in about 2015 or 14 15 I don't forget it and I was like wait a minute you know and I was like then I started seeing the connection I think uh you know all the people who like like you know like came after Van i guess you could say yeah yeah and it was just all of these things that just just brought me to like his sound i just love this dude's sound and yeah vocal everything about it so when i met him in jam card right like he was like in a corner somewhere <laughs> 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 chilling like, like not even he not even like being you know like yeah. in the he's such the a humble delight. cat yeah, yeah chill yeah. and um um my boy introduced us and uh, we just became cool. And uh once I got some of these songs together, I, I called him. I was like, yo, man, I I need some help. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know you know what to do. Like you know what to do. Yeah. And uh he he was in LA at the time or whatever, and we got up for a few sessions and he was just it was it was cool. He just was so honest about what I was doing, you know, yeah. negative and positive. Helped me and, you know, write some songs it together and oh man and uh it was just it was an amazing experience working with him man i um uh i learned a lot and you know i'm still learning a lot you know he has a he has this concept of of a finding space yeah (laughs) and that i that i totally love and appreciate and uh, and um yeah he's he's the man
0: (laughs) uh he's one of my favorite lyricists too his first mm-hmm. his first I mean all of his stuff, but his first two albums had some powerful songs on there, man. Mm-hmm. I was a, a big fan from back then and we linked up. Actually, you know, in a similar way, I started singing on my own records like later, you know, and uh mm-hmm. when I made my first record like vocal record, I hit him up and he like helped me and definitely encouraged me in the right ways and 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 mm-hmm. uh helped me with yeah. that. Uh, were there other collaborators on the record as far as writing and and whatnot?
1: Yeah. Um, uh, don't forget was a song. I love uh, that one by the way too. That's a a, a great track. Thank you. Uh, uh, I I played all the instruments on that track. I'm really happy about that one. Yeah. I played drums. I played drums y'all. (laughs) Oh, uh, no, but, uh, lyrically, uh, my homegirl Ayana at least helped me pin that one together. Um, uh, Adam Agati you know oh, yeah, yeah. guitar player. He's a great. Player, he helped yeah. me. He's an amazing guy. That's my dude. Yeah. He helped me write. Uh, he helped me write Switch. Cool. Goddamn.
0: Like that one too. Uh,
1: I think Dedicated too. Yeah, yeah. I think if I'm not mistaken. Shout out to J Mo. He played on some stuff. Yep. Jarius. Yep. Yeah, Jarius Yeah. Uh, the funk apostles, of course, played yeah. on <laughs> you know, that's those guys lock it, you that know, lock it's on their writing, yeah. He, that, oh, he's that, yeah, he's a machine, he's, he's, yeah. Um, you know, Uncle Reed, everybody, everybody from the apostles. Um, uh, who else? Uh, that might be oh, uh, Stout is on there yeah. singing, okay, you know, okay. Shout out to Stout and shout out to Tiffany and uh. Chris Turner, he's on there singing, I believe, on Happy Days with me. Yeah, somewhere in that background. Um, uh, Shalea, Shalea is on uh, "Say Their Names." Okay. Shalea Frazier. Okay. Um,
0: and these are uh, all like fa- family of the apostles, and some of which are in the apostles. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Basically. And when you yeah. tour
0: this, hopefully sooner than later. And I know you actually have you did a stream show on Halloween right or right mm-hmm. around halloween mm-hmm. um will mm-hmm. the funk apostles be the band when you go out
1: yeah oh yeah, yeah that that yeah, is yeah. the band yeah that that is the band yeah they're, they're the apostles they with yeah. me for life that's what's up that's what's up <laughs> yeah
0: and yeah, yeah. uh the other project i've been checking out is the revival which also you perform as a trio is that is that mm-hmm. is that the same it goes under the same name but the the album you did is just solo am i correct
1: yeah, well, the album I did was from uh, 2014 or 15 or yeah, something yeah. like that, and and it was primarily solo. Mm-hmm. It was just really just for me to get a, a snapshot of my playing yeah. at that time. It wasn't even, I didn't even expect people to even hear that record. To be honest, right, right. I was just like, I was just, let me let me get an Oregon thing because you know I was playing a lot of Oregon and I wanted to record it in church, but I wanted to play all these jazz songs. I was trying yeah. to like you like do something different in my eyes, right? Um, but uh, ever since then, it has morphed into something totally different. Right.
0: That's what I was... Because I've seen some videos and uh, my man Sharky is usually oh, yeah. a part of that. And Lock It, right? That's yeah. the band. Yeah. yeah. It's an Oregon Trio thing. And Sharky's one of my favorite players. So whenever I see y'all post something or whatever, I haven't been able to see y'all live yet. That, that band is like the super band.
1: He is my favorite. It's like we played together... And it's like harmonically, we go in all these places yeah. and doing all these things. And it's like we're doing them together. It's not like yeah. a that that th- like a, a a fighting thing. Like oh, I can let me see whatever. Yeah. But then sometimes when it is right, It when it is the fighting thing, because we like to fight, yeah. <laughs> it's like wait a minute, we can go ten rounds. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like like like. We ain't, is, you know, it's, it's Ali Frazier. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. it's like, uh-oh, because, you know, on, on tour, we did a tour last year, 2019, where we really solidified, you know, just, just organ trio sound. I wanted to do an organ trio. Though. I wanted, yeah, always yeah. wanted to have the band in an organ trio. But the type of songs is what, what, what made the difference because I wanted to do more common songs. Yeah, yeah. Because I want, I want everybody to feel like together, but I wanted to just m- completely mess them up, you know, yeah, like yeah. in this. Very abstract way. Um, um, and uh, and it's supposed to feel like church and jazz. It's supposed to feel like all these things. Yeah, yeah. Man, and playing with the, that trio, I was like, man, you know, we need to, like, record this thing officially. But yeah. I haven't had a feeling like that in terms of just like, oh, this is so close to, you know, outside of the apostles, so close to the heart. Oh, my goodness. Um, um, in terms of everything that I love to play. like, You Yeah. We were, just, we were just playing all these types of things, man, ballads, church songs, uh, uh, jazz songs, uh, old school, you know, jazz songs, hip hip hop, R&B, yeah, James yeah, Brown. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, oh, man, it was just incredible. It's amazing when you find a
0: musical partnership where their path was similar in terms of like they have all those influences and can kind of go anywhere. And then yeah. to have the ears like both y'all have combined with that, that's really? special.
1: It is. It's like, yeah. it's like, if I can trade my organ chops and put it on a guitar, I'll be trying to sound like that. Yeah. You know? yeah and he always says yeah, yeah. the same thing about organ. It's like, so it's like we'd be playing the same thing. And not only <laughs> that, the
0: thing about Sharky that messes me up is he has all of that harmonic shit, but he can play like the blues, like, And like 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 as good as anybody. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times it's like you're either a jazz dude, you're a rock dude, Mm -hmm. gospel dude. I mean, people can usually go a little outside of each thing. Mm -hmm. But like, Mm -hmm. man, I we I we my trio played like in Chicago, I think it was Mm -hmm. last summer or something. We brought him up and we did some more like kind of organ trio style shit. And then we did a blues Mm -hmm. and I was like, stay up Mm -hmm. here. And he murdered it.
1: Like Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. I was like, damn. Dude, we got to play a blues almost every show, so I I definitely, I'd be like, one more,
0: man. Yeah, let him go around one more time. One one more time. I was like, I'm going
1: to sit down for
0: about 10 minutes and just watch him play. And he
1: will play for 10 minutes. Yeah, and everyone will
0: love it. Everyone will love it, man. yes. We'll be right back after this short break. Well, the first time I got introduced to you, I think it was Quest Love. I can't remember if he sent it to me or you might have just posted it. Um, but it was you in church, and it was a tribute to Melvin Cris- Crispel. Am I saying that yeah,
1: right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crispel.
0: And um, I actually was not aware who that was at the time, and then I I, I did my research. But um, I had never seen um, you play at that point, but it. it affected me majorly and i think i sent that to, i sent that to so many people because i was like yo you need mm. to hear this guy and mm. um the way that you kind of it was also the way you played to the church and the way you played to the, to the it was like this it was a, it was a conversation amongst you the band and the people there and it was like It was almost like you were conversing with them, like uh, beyond music. It was like Mm -hmm. almost like a a comedian at times. Like you would play something and they'd laugh. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you'd play something Mm -hmm. and you'd like, wait. Like your pacing Mm -hmm. and the conversation you had with the organ and your ability Mm -hmm. to control it to. For so many in so many like emotive ways, really blew me away and then I, and then I realized, okay, he's been doing this since he was two years old because mm-hmm. to me so for me, it's like almost like a normal person talking, you know what I mean mm-hmm. <laughs> and you because mm-hmm. you've grown up playing this organ, and i am curious like did that start in church did that start with family uh was it a combination of the two what was what was the music? Um, in your household like growing up?
1: Man, it started in church. Yeah. My mother was the uh lead director and musician at the uh church that I grew up in in Brooklyn, Best Eye. Yeah. Uh called Unity Temple. And um she played several instruments, you Got know, it. like sax and flute and keys and drums, yada yada. And uh um she was getting ready for a choir rehearsal of some sorts. And apparently I was, you know, up until two years of age, I was banging on her legs, yeah. you know, try, trying to get rhythms out or whatever the case is. And uh, she w- uh, was getting ready for a choir rehearsal. She was uh, like trying to get some notes out or something like that, trying to figure out some alto parts or something like that. And I apparently played the notes back to her. Wow. I, like I was in her lap or something like that, I was told. And um, uh, at three years old, she told me my first song, which was Amazing Grace. And I would had the opportunity to play Amazing Grace in church on uh, youth Sunday, uh, like every fifth Sunday or something like that, you know. Um, but you know, not that many Sundays <laughs> um, <laughs> until I was
0: f- until I was four. Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, and then at about the age of four, I learned another song or whatever. She also had this calypso version of Amazing Grace. Yeah. That had these jazz chords and different harmonic, you know, things happening, and that gave me my early. Influences, you know, that's like the earliest, you know, I can remember in terms of like how it went for me and playing the organ. I would play in the church every Sunday at the age of five or six and uh, and (laughs) until I was probably 20. (laughs) Um, um, But I mean, the early stages, uh, I was, you know, going to Thursday night rehearsals, Wednesday night prayer something, you know, Bible study. Saturday, children's choir, or something kind of thing. Sunday, three services. So that's like an eight hour job, you know, wow. like, you know, starting at like seven in the morning or something like that, six thirty eight a.m. first service, you know, and all the way down to maybe a night service that went to at seven or eight o'clock till ten, you know, like in Sunday mornings, I was playing a lot of organ, like. A lot of organ, yeah. um, played for three or four churches at a time. I mean, like on a Sunday when I got about 16, 17, I was like going to one church at eight o'clock, wow. going to another church at 11, going to another church at three, and then, then another church at seven, then going to the village underground, right? And right, hanging till right about two, three in the morning. Wow. Man, it was like it was, I was so immersed in That trying is an to intensive out,
0: education, right? There,
1: I was in, I was at what in. age, what, what age, this was all like all through your teens and. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean when I got sixteen, seventeen, that's when I started that's when I found out about the Village Underground and heard who Ron Grant was. Yep, yeah. You know, and uh Shedrick Mitchell. Uh, yeah, man. I, I used was, to go down I there too. Like, yeah, I was like, "Whoa! I never even know an organ was outside the church." You know, right. I mean, like, you know, I, I played the organ at the Apollo at the age of uh, five or six. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, and uh, but beyond, you know, maybe that and maybe one other experience, I had an organ in my house. Right, I don't know if I said that. Yeah. So I, I used to just, you know, put the bowl of cereal, get on with my <laughs> socks.
0: <laughs> Let me ask you: I got a technical question. How did you reach the the volume pedal or the pedals when you were like like a little tiny
1: kid like that? I was sitting at the end, I was sitting at the edge of the the chair, and I would hold my body up with my left hand, right, you know, like next to the bass notes, try to play like, you know, the whatever the closest bass notes were. I would try to play the pedals with the point of my, you know, shoe without like standing on them, you know, like balancing, and then right hand, you know, just playing the right hand part, so... Um, yeah, I, I, I gotta find this clip, but I posted it probably a while ago yeah. of me playing, uh, at church. It's like, I didn't know how I was doing it, man. <laughs> like, wow. you know, but, but when I see those clips, I was like, that's the balance part of it is crazy. I was yeah. like, up on the organ, like, <laughs> you know, and, and then I, I loved, I loved to just touch the drawbars I always wanted to see, what happened with the jaw bars? You know, like my, my, I, I remember my mother telling me, "Leave the jaw bars alone." <laughs> <laughs> that was so what, them, That was one know? of the things I did notice too, because
0: uh, you kind of used it. Like with guitar, we use pedals. To have mm-hmm. different types of expression, and you and I have messed around with that with your with mm-hmm. the, the arpeggio, which I want to get mm-hmm. into in a second. Come on, man, we got to get. into I know that we got to get into that. I got we, we got we talked about it, but we gotta we gotta go we gotta go deep because I, I gotta, gotta come you gotta come to the crib. yeah definitely. But you remember you remember the first gig we played? You remember the first
1: time we played, or at least he, the uh, the time at a uh, drum? Yeah, that that. that gig? Would,
0: so I had just heard about you like right before yeah. that. And then I forget how that happened, but I was like, someone was like, someone asked me, I was like, hell yeah, I want to play with that cat. I just want to see him play in the flesh. And uh, I went down there and I don't even think we had any plan. I just came up and just, we kind of improvised.
1: Duo too, man. Remember? That was was duo. That was dope. That was so fun, bro. But yeah, and you were playing, I think, with a trio at that now time. that night I had like a big band. I oh, think you did wait.
0: Oh, I know for I think... you did a, some songs as trio maybe. Like probably, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: probably. But I remember having a big band. I was like, I think I was starting the Funk Apostles or something right, like that. Right. I don't know. Yeah, it was, was some. But uh, man, not a, such a great gig. I'll never forget that.
0: Man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I was blown away, man. Um, yeah, man. But what were some of like the music? So you obviously were playing organ in church. Were you listening to current music? Um, during that time as well. Yeah, my father, he didn't play any
1: instruments. He played the radio. Right, right. And Got uh um uh, and every Saturday, if not every day, but especially on Saturdays when we had to clean up the house, I had to clean up the house. Yeah. You know, anything from Stevie Wonder to, you know, uh Marvin Gaye or Parliament yeah. or Sade. Right. James Brown especially back in the day. Yeah. Um um then it was current stuff. He he liked uh my father liked playing uh um, but, well, not the D'Angelo record because that's way later. But uh, I'm thinking about the early um, hip hop. <laughs> I'm thinking why am I thinking about Chris? It's not Chris Cross. But I'm thinking about early hit '90s stuff. I'm thinking about MTV. But he used to have the radio on, and yeah. um, between that and so much church songs, I was like, uh, "Wow!" Like you know, this is incredible. Then when I got about 13 or 14, I um. You know, I started going to jam sessions at different ja- uh, different uh, schools. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, this uh, teacher by the name of Nadal Ravenal, okay. at Benjamin Bannica, he used to tour with Herbie Hancock as uh, back in the day. as a keyboard tech or something like that, but he's a badass piano player. He put me on to um, jazz standards and uh, um, right before, I think right in junior high school is when I got hip to like, Delonious monk and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, I was getting all this stuff early, man. And Oscar Peterson changed my life when I got it to him. Yeah. Chicker changed my life when I got to him. Herbie, of course, yeah. changed my life when I got it to him. So Art Tatum is another guy. Um and I, I listened to him constantly and I kept trying to figure out ways to play some of those chops in the hymns on a Sunday morning you right. know, like how can I how can I get this crazy Oscar Piedis to chop and love lifted me yeah. and one time it worked and when the mother was like hallelujah and I was like whoa <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh uh, yeah, yeah. they, they like that they, they, alright can, we can get with that you know right right.
0: and when did, were yeah. you playing piano as well during that time or was that kind of later
1: that you discovered other I think I started playing piano at like 14 yeah, 13, yeah. 14 I, I was probably playing piano earlier because my grandmother had a Rhodes in the house. Yeah, yeah. So I was playing I was playing Rhodes at, as early as, what, three, four, five, gotcha. you know what I'm saying? Because it was just in the house. I had got an organ pretty early, but the piano, when I made the jump to piano, was probably like when I saw it in school a lot more, you know, junior high school specifically. So maybe 12, 13,
0: 14. What about getting into like synths and stuff like that? When did that become part of your thing?
1: My first keyboard was uh, the the dx7 yeah, no yeah. The, DX7. Oh, the dx7
0: yeah the dx7 was the classic 80s 90s yeah
1: yeah it was the first keyboard then it was the d50 then i got yeah. the uh then i got the xp60 rolling oh yeah 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 um it had the brass patch i used to wear that out in church yeah, all the yeah. time <laughs> so uh <laughs> um i was always into it uh but once I saw what Craigslist was, I was like, "Oh man, I bought a Moog off of Craigslist." Yeah, yeah. Once I found out that was the sound that Stevie was using, yeah, on you know on all those iconic records, I was like, "It's not this thing; it's that thing." Yeah, <laughs> changed my life, and um, um, and you know, ever since the age of about sixteen or seventeen, eighteen is kind of when I just fully went in. But I, I've always loved you know playing keyboards and using the pitch bend.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, there's a solo. Now I'm trying to think of which song it is. like your third or fourth song in your record that sounds like a like a guitar solo. Goddamn! Yeah, goddamn! And mm-hmm. uh, and the way you're using that pitch bend, I'm like, all right, okay, that's a little bit of BB King type <laughs> of shit in there. But with some yeah, like yeah, yeah. George Duke kind of thing too, and and Herbie. Um, mm. But I also love your bass playing. Like, don't forget that's mm. you playing the the bass. Are you playing everything on that track, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean that mm-hmm. that definitely changed my world hearing that early seventies Stevie Wonder like couple years where he made all those records, Talking mm-hmm. Book and Intervisions and and uh,
1: I'm really into that. I'm really that's the sound of music I'm into right now. Yeah. It's like I love the production of Those records, the sloppiness of the drums, I keep thinking about like, they're not tight. You know, normally I go for tight sounds. I think we... We all kind of yeah. well. I speak for myself, but you know, tight sounding syncopated drums. You know, like th- some of those drums is not tight, and something yeah. about that moves me. Like me too, when he hits man. a crash in the in the middle of a field I'm like, I love that. Yeah, the phaser or whatever that little phaser sound right. that's be on the hi hat sometimes. Well, like,
0: it's also the way he layers it is, and the and you could. It's really it's when it's sloppy, it's still soulful. Like, don't you mm-hmm. worry about a thing. Like that record, if you listen to it, it's like stuff's all over the place, and yeah. the hi hat yeah. is like just. Him, like, well, you can tell yeah. he's just playing it with two hands like that, yeah. Uh, and then because he's yeah. overdubbing these things at different times, but I, mm-hmm. I agree, man. I, I really like when things aren't like gritted out, you know.
1: Yeah, sometimes it's so. I mean, well, sometimes, but right now in this part of my, part of my life, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. Especially, don't forget, I was like, I'm gonna get this groove right. Yeah, yeah. Then I, then I had to like figure it out, but I'm like, oh, once I got into a place, I was like, that's it. Like yeah. it is. This is the the hump I'm looking for. Like I couldn't get that with a program or what, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. a thing like that, you know. And um, I just love that type of seventy sound, man. Uh, I, the studio I work out of is 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 literally nineteen seventy four all day yeah. long. <laughs> so shit. it's right up the, right up my alley for for the sonic the the sonics that I'm going for.
0: And when did you like when you started kind of becoming an artist yourself? Uh what were you listening to and what were like kind of the I mean obviously Stevie Wonder were there current artists that you were listening to that you wanted to emulate? D'Angelo. Oh yeah, D'Angelo's a big one, right?
1: D'Angelo is like like probably the top of the list because he just He found the way. Yeah. You know, he like he brought the church to the world. He brought the world to the to the blues. He brought the blues. Like he mixed all these things together the way I just it just Ah, oh, it's so right. And then the stage performance was just out this world. You know what I'm saying? It's just. Uh, yeah,
0: that was truly a game changing game era. Changer. And yeah. he kind of changed uh, a lot of things because I feel like R&B, yeah. there was like R&B before D'Angelo and then there mm-hmm. was R&B after D'Angelo. He kind of ruined a lot of people's
1: careers <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. too. like A lot of cats
0: <laughs> that were like on top, it was mm-hmm. like hard to listen to. Them mm-hmm. after that, and part of that was that because they he added like this lopsided groove that felt so right, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, and some of it was programmed, but in a way that you know obviously yeah. Jay Dilla and oh, and yeah. a lot of other people um tribe even like tribe called quest and that whole that whole world mm-hmm. too influenced mm-hmm. um his music, and it was a little more rough around the edges, you know what I mean um mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. and like you said, added so much gospel to it. He's it's just a king. <laughs> He's the king. Yeah, yeah. We I, we all hope he, he keeps making records. That's
1: for Yes, sure. absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Um, do you have anything um, else coming up on the radar that, that we should know about as far as projects and recording and stuff like that?
1: In works of finishing my Christmas project? Ah. I'm trying to get this Christmas project out this year, and that would be monumental for me personally because that makes three records this year, and that exceeded my year goal of I only wanted two, and I got that done. Um, but working on this Christmas thing, I released a Christmas record like twelve or thirteen years ago. Oh, Okay, nobody's really heard it, right, so right, um, right. it's kind of like reimagined. <laughs>
0: and are you just—is it instrumental? Or are you going to sing, or what's the?
1: I'm singing on. I'm singing on maybe one or two of them out of maybe five or six songs right now. Right, right, cool. Um, some of it's instrumental, and there's some guest singers on maybe one or two. Um. So listen, I'm working on that yeah, <laughs> to get yeah. that done in the next week. You know, I know it's like Christmas time. It's, already it's getting happened. there. I've already been seeing lights go up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Something to Say Deluxe is go- is on the way. Cool. Uh, I have about three or four more songs that um, I want people to hear. <laughs> um I already started my next studio project, you know. So, you know, you got to start start writing on that one. Yeah, I got yeah. about four numbers ready on that. Funk Apostles got a record that we we're going to put out top of the, I can't say top of the year, but sometime hopefully first quarter is the goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's really funky too, man. We went into the studio uh, about two months ago, oh. um and worked on some stuff. And then we had a session about two years ago that didn't see the light of day yet. That's uh, the Studio
0: G sessions.
1: No, 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 no. That scene, that's mostly art of love.
0: There. Yeah, right. Okay,
1: okay. Yeah. Um, we went into, you know, this, uh, studio in Pittsburgh called, I, I call it the church. It's like in a church. I haven't been there. It's really, it's really cool. Cool, cool, really cool. cool. And we had a writing session there. We got a bunch of songs from that in this East West session. And, um, I'm trying to have that done. So I just, I'm just trying to flood. I'm just trying to put out hella music, especially now that we're in this situation that we're in. I just want to be like, Hey, man, here's a lot of music. There's some singles I got coming out. One for Valentine's Day called uh, 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 That Feeling, I think it's called. Cool, so. cool.
0: So you're taking advantage of this time right now off the road and, and trying to crank it out, crank things out. Music, Music bro. Music. I'm interested, man, to see. 2021 is going to be an interesting year, man. So mm-hmm. many artists are in the shed right now working mm-hmm. and making records and and uh, like kind of revamping their whole thing. So That's just good. Uh, yeah. I think that part of it is good and I'm excited to see what happens on the other end of this craziness.
1: Yeah, me too. I think it's going I think we're gonna be fine. I think it's gonna be fine. I think people are gonna appreciate going out again, you know. Yeah. We're gonna we're not gonna take it for granted. I know I won't. That's you for know, sure. I, sometimes, you know, we especially you know how it feels you tour a lot and you know and every day is just like oh man you know 4am lobby call oh you know you know that kind of thing but it's like wait a minute like that was like the life I know know? we're gonna be like skipping down the hallway of the hotel (laughs) (laughs) I'm
0: ready let's go (laughs) waking up early like can can we go early let's do this yeah Yeah, yeah, Um, I look forward to that man and uh, Mm -hmm. hopefully we can get together and make some music one of these days man Absolutely, let's do it, man! Stop talking about it. Come to be about. Come on it. through. Well, thank you for taking out the time, my friend. And the new record, something to say, is out now. It's banging. Yeah. Um yeah. And uh, so I really, really urge everyone to listen to that. Pick it up. You got vinyl on that too? Are you putting out vinyl? It's on the way. Oh, it's it's on the
1: way. It's on the way. Yes, my man. Well, thank you again. Thank you, Crass.
0: I want to thank Corey for being on the show. So cool to talk with him, connect with him, and hear about his inspirations as a musician. Before we go, I'd like to play a song off of his new record. It's a Christmas record called Christmas With You, and this track is entitled Misty Christmas. Krasno Plus One is hosted by me, Eric Krasno. Executive producers are RJB and Christina Collins. Audio production by Matt Dwyer. Produced by myself and Ben Baruch of 1111 Group. All original music is by me, and most of which are instrumentals from my album, Telescope, under the artist name Kras. This podcast is presented by Osiris Media. If you'd like to get in touch with us, email one at gmail. That's K-R-A-Z-P-L-U-S-O-N-E at gmail.com. Send me some questions. Maybe I'll answer them on air. Send me suggestions of other guests you'd like to hear on the show. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you next time.